Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Of course, you're used to hearing hello and welcome, but not from me. I am Greg DeMarco at Chairshot Greg on your social media. Miranda has the week off, but if you've been listening to Chairshot Radio or the Babyface Hill podcast, you know that we are continuing our roundtable discussion. That's right. It's the Hashtag Miranda Show with no Miranda Morales. Wild card, bitches! We will keep this thing going. Our panel has not changed. We do have from the Outsider's Edge podcast and so much more. And, 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 and peel back the curtain as our good boy Rance having to take a, a step back for a little bit of time. Kyle stepping up, keeping the content rolling at Dr. S'mores on social media. Kyle Moore. Kyle, what, what, I'd say welcome. You haven't moved in the past hour. so it's. it's I mean, you know, they don't know that, though. Thanks yeah, but we pull me. back the curtain. Patrick That's a damn you. business. There is no curtain. No, we, we, we don't protect the business. Not at all. Ever. No, no protection. No. They don't protect it. Why should we? Exactly. That's true. Kayfabe been dead. Kayfabe been dead. Speaking of Kayfabe, I don't know. It seemed to work. You can follow him on Twitter at Cap underscore Caveman. That's Cave with a K. Comes courtesy of the Steel Cage Podcasting Network and Impact Zone Wrestling, where he serves as the assistant commissioner, Arizona Sports' own Derek Montia. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for filling in, as you always have done over the past decade, which is why you're here. And, of course, the other voice you heard, again, still down since day one-ish. He can follow, you can follow him at Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Say it with me. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Oh, it's so weird to be here on a Thursday, man. Like, I don't know what's up. I'm confused. It doesn't work. Well, it's kayfabe Thursday, as as I as Dave, as I often say. On, uh, like, Dave, we don't we don't protect the business. I thought no, we're not protecting That's, the business. Okay, never. no, I I mean I'll, I'll share this. I I never protect. The Listen to my listen to my chair shot radio that drops on Mondays. It's recorded on Saturdays. That I say is welcome to Cafe Monday. Like, why haven't you guys moved that to Sunday at this point? Like, you're already recording on Sunday. Um, with the same guy. Like, just it's it's we're talking about hockey, man. Nobody's listening. It's okay. We're trying to make it easier for you. Let us help you. You act like this is about me. Trying to stick to Miranda Show sound bites as much as I can. So what we're going to do on. is continue discussion. If you haven't listened to Chair Shot Radio yet, go back listen to it. I introduce the concept concept and tell you why I hate when people talk about state of as a topic on a wrestling podcast on the Baby Feel Seal podcast. We did roundtable some great topics. We talked about Bob Lashley as a top guy. We talked about the biggest impact AEW had on the wrestling industry as a whole, and then had a bonus topic of who your low key favorite wrestler is today. And no one said low key, and I want to thank you all for doing that because oh yeah, fuck that guy. Man, you <laughs> love it. Absolutely love that. We've got some more topics today for this program. We're going to get into those, but before we do, quick reminder. Uh, wait a minute, I, I gotta. I, I'm going to get yelled at if I don't do it. It's time. It is time for you. Take your, let your fingers do the walk-in, let your fingers do the typing, head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts. I, well, you guys have heard this commercial time and time again, right? I'm going to advocate right now. 
one of the most underrated shirts on there is the Always Use Your Head t-shirt. And it just says Always Use Your Head straight up and down on this shirt. Get it in the military green with the black font. It looks amazing. Um, it, it, it's something that, that you can go out there and get. You can get it in soft style. You can get it in sleeveless. Uh, like, like Derek had to cut off his sleeves. You could get one that already has the sleeves cut off over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick that up. This is up. a finished edge, sir. There you go. All right. So, it's a so, Hardy Boy shirt. There you go. So, so you got it tailored even better. That's right. Yeah. Good use of no, no, it came like this. This is how it came. I didn't cut this off. Okay. It's so like just, buying it just like website. at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash. Right. You can tell right. people, no, no, my shirt showed up this way. Uh, and and right. pick it up and really just enjoy yourself. Lots of options, lots of things you can wear out. Feel good as a fan. Feel good about wearing your shirts. Um, it can be a conversation starter. Who knows? But you won't know unless you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up one of those shirts. It supports everything we do here at the Chair Shot Radio Network and TheChairShot.com. So head on over there. Take care of business. Take care of your good friends at the Chair Shot Radio Network so we can keep doing what we do and we do it for you. So again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot is where you can pick up one of those shirts. Support the cause. Support the brand. Support the movement. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So during the Babyface Hill podcast, we talked about AEW and their place within the wrestling industry as a whole, or their biggest impact, I should say, that they've had on the wrestling industry as a whole. Well, before AEW was the hot new girl that everybody loved in the school, that title belonged to NXT. And now we sit, NXT has, has moved from a network program to a television program, from being recorded a month at a time to being live each and every week on Peacock, on WWE Network, and now on the USA Network. We've seen people go from NXT to the quote-unquote main roster, have success, have failures, get released, move back to NXT, including what Samoa Joe just did here today as we record this on Tuesday night. So my question for all of you, we're going to start with Patrick O'Dowd, is very, very simple. Where does it fit? How is it viewed NXT? What is NXT exactly? You mean other than the third brand, like and and like a legitimate third brand that is independent of its own and is not merely a feeder kind of minor leagues as a lot of people looked at it for the Raw and SmackDown rosters. Like there's still some of that, and there is still a level of developmental that exists there. Um, but to me, it's to me now it's just it's it's a third branch of the WWE. It does have its own distinct sort of style, look and flavor. Uh, you, you hear that you, uh, you mentioned that uh, at the top of the, or at the end of the last show um, that, you know, certain talents that are down there don't really fit like this sort of expectation and style. We're looking at mm-hmm. you NXT champ. Um, but, but on the whole, it's, it's another brand. And I think it's one that's, it's, we used to joke and call it was like what what the WWE would be if they went in as an independent promotion, and it still feel like it feels like the the sort of branch of the WWE that's supposed to target the fan of the the independent wrestling fan, just with the the work rate that's there, the wrestlers that are, that are there, the stories that they get to tell, um, but that it's no longer just sort of a feeder to move people up that that people can exist there and you know, make a career there. Um, so that's, that's where I see it to me is it's, it's become a, a new branch, a, a third branch, uh, within the company. I, I agree on so many of those points and I'm going to save mine for my turn, which is third because second in this rotation this time is Derek Montia. Derek, I pose the same question to you. What exactly is NXT? Well, I had this theory there for a while that really what NXT was kind of what Patrick said. And I think that's what it was originally, right? What it was, was a way for them to bring in new talent they created or new talent they acquired and turn them into WWE stars, no matter what that entailed, whether that involved making them into 
uh, what WWE, like their work rate, you know, slowing them down from the indies or whatever, uh, or just introducing them as a character or getting them over instead of like being as an impact superstar, WWE superstar, so that you kind of forget where they were and kind of think of them more as being a WWE guy. Uh, but then it kind of changed into basically being what WWE's version of, like you said, I, I always thought of it as like WWE's version of PWG. William Regal was at as almost as many PWG shows as I've been to. He's always backstage. He's always sticking his nose out from behind the curtain when it was at the American Legion in that shitty parking lot in Reseda. And when you look back sometimes at some of the years that he was there, uh, for instance, 2014, that featured, here are the competitors for the 2014 BOLA, Drew Gulak, Kyle Riley, Zack Sabre Jr., Adam Cole, Biff Busick, Roderick Strong, AJ Styles, Brian Myers, Candice LeRae, Rich Swan, Chuck Taylor, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Cedric Lee, or uh, Cedric Alexander, Trevor Lee, Bobby Fish, TJP, Ricochet, Chris Sabin, ACH, Kenny Omega, Matt Seidel, Chris Hero. Huh. Uh, all of those that? guys. Every single one of them has been in WWE guys. at some point. Every single one. Almost every single one of them. The only one, uh, uh, well, yeah, no, I mean, Chris was, yeah, Chris Saban was, right? Kenny Omega, ACH was, uh, yeah, the, see, Michael Chris Elgin. Saban. Michael Elgin is the only guy on this list I could see. Chuck was Chuck Taylor ever that? No. Chuck I don't Taylor, think I don't think, so. think Chucky e. T ever did either. Yeah. But yeah, that, I think they were the only ones. So like what? Right. Eighteen so, of the twenty-four have made their way to WWE at some point. That's basically crazy. almost the entire group of the of that list. And what's wild about it was, for me, that was the year that I was like, this is the greatest professional wrestling thing I've ever seen. That that particular weekend. When I look back at the talent that was there, it explains a lot. We love a lot of those guys that are there. A lot of those guys are people that we really think of very highly as far as both personalities and in-ring competitors. That was the weekend that Johnny Wrestling was created. Dude's in front of me. He started doing the Johnny football thing, and they started chanting Johnny Wrestling at him. And I even remember him looking at them going, hmm, I like that, Johnny Wrestling. And (laughs) here we are are all these years later. Right. So, you know, William Regal being present at those things and the way that they acquired talent from PWG and kind of made it into their own punk rock version of WWE is is what I feel like they made it into. So I, I agree with Patrick. I'll say this, though, about NXT. I think at times that NXT has been the biggest detriment to Raw and SmackDown. I say that about the network and I say that about WWE. When we were young and and still didn't have all this gray in our beard, Greg, we used to love Raw for multiple reasons, but a lot of it wasn't the wrestling matches. I recall one Raw when Stone Cold Steve Austin was backstage waiting for somebody to come or go into an ambulance to beat someone up or whatever. They they split screen like three matches that they basically were like, yeah, we don't give a shit about this match. Let's see what Stone Cold's doing backstage. So like there's times where I watch old, attitude era wrestling and realized how much of it was about other things there were great interviews that were on raw all the time sit down one-on-one interviews with mick foley and stone cold and triple h and guys stuff that was raw and really helped build those characters stuff we don't see anymore you know stuff that when they do those interviews or whatever they kind of they put it on the network as a special or they do it as like a 24 7 look at their life but a lot of those were kind of from the heart interviews we don't get those anymore Uh, But the biggest thing with NXT is we don't get new talent on Raw and SmackDown. New guys, whether they're young guys we've never seen before or, you know, guys that they signed from a different promotion that just show up here after after they've, you know, been cleared and they figure out what their gimmick is going to be. That was all exciting. That all adds to the excitement. That all makes the roster feel like it's popping and like there's always new things going on. There creates new rivalries, new matchups. They don't do that now. And so even when a guy makes that leap from NXT to the main roster, they're just already a WWE guy. That excitement isn't there because we know who you are. We've seen you on NXT. Chances are they're just going to fumble what your character was from NXT on the main roster a little bit anyway. And, you know, we're just going to get that. We don't we don't have that same excitement of like when AJ Styles showed up randomly at a at, at a Royal Rumble. Right. You know, and that kind of stuff. That's. That's, I think, a big part that's missing from the roster. We could talk about the storyline stuff all day long, but that kind of excitement of, yeah. of new guys kind of 
Like, if Hit Row was just a thing suddenly on Raw, it would be the biggest thing in, in professional wrestling, the biggest thing on Raw. Like, it really would be. But instead, we get all of this this coolness of Hit Row on NXT that's already dripping with cool, you know? Yeah. It, it's so. interesting because... Yes and no to what, to, to what your last point is because, yeah, for us, we don't get that newness on Raw and SmackDown. But for 75% of the viewing audience, they still do because they don't watch NXT. And or maybe, sure. you know, 50%, whatever numbers you want to put to it. So it's very interesting. Like, it, it's, it's again, we know too much. They also give us too much when it comes to NXT, which is why uh, why it is. For me, this question, honestly, was difficult because I don't have a single answer. Um, and that's what I think is what makes NXT so unique. NXT, I wrote down some notes. It's a safety net to me and, and for, because it, it's, it's that opportunity to try things. It's Triple H's playground, right? It's where he gets to do the things that he can't do on Vince's main roster because of the role that he's in. And he knows that and he acknowledges it in interviews and, and, and so much. And so NXT gets to be that safety net. It's also that safety net for stars that don't make it. This is the second straight year where somebody who lost their job due to releases in the spring ended up coming back to NXT. Last year it was Drake Maverick. This year, of course, Samoa Joe. And so it's it's going to become a thing next year when a bunch of people get released. The big topic of conversation is going to be, who is NXT going to bring back? Like they've set a precedent now. Two years straight, they've brought somebody back that people had such a reaction to losing their job. Now, Drake Maverick did it on his own with his videos. And and even though everyone says he's going to, to AEW, I wouldn't be shocked if Aleister Black shows up again in NXT at some point. Um, it, it is sort of that to me. But in, it's like you said, Patrick, it is WWE for the IWC. Like I think Triple H kind of realized that. That and that AEW audience that we talked about so lovingly during the Babyface Heel podcast is also something that Triple H takes full advantage of in NXT. He just does a little bit better job of it. It's still developmental in ways, right? There is still that developmental aspect of it and to see who can go up there. It's also developmental for NXT because they had to pick people that could be those pillars of NXT. And, and a lot of people said that Karrion Cross just ran through all of them. Pete Dunne's not really that, and Kyle O'Reilly's not really that. But Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano definitely are, along with Tommaso Ciampa. They are kind of that, the three legs of the table for NXT. If you had to pick a fourth, it probably would be William Regal at this point. And, you know, and, and he's still there. But to me, NXT is so unique that I can't really describe what it is because it really is this convergence of a lot of different things. Some of it's leftovers in WWE, some of it's what slips through the cracks, and some of it's what they actually do intentionally. And it's my favorite wrestling show on television anywhere. Like, I enjoy NXT more than anything else. If I can't sit down and fully watch a full wrestling show, I will still find a way to sit down and fully watch NXT. And, and that is just something that, that it will always be that for me. And, and I can't describe it. I can't put one phrase on it. And I welcome that aspect for NXT. Kyle, what do you think? What is NXT? Let me just say that, Greg, I just want to agree with you. I think what, even though you said you couldn't put your finger on it, I think you said it. I think it's that convergence, right? Because it, it's this weird nexus where like talent, new talent, talent we know, mm-hmm. guys that have been on, you know, Finn Balor, guys that we've been on the main roster before, Vandango, all that kind of stuff. They all come together in one place. And it also happens to be a place that I think does really compelling stories and, yeah. and utilizes the talent well. So that, that's that's it. And and I think you're right. I agree with you. It's my favorite show as well. Yeah, it's like if, if the Big Bang really Big Bang really happened, it created NXT. Like because it's all these things came together and boom. And then we just lost Derek. I don't know what happened. Hopefully he comes back. Um I was gonna say for me, um NXT to me is like it's the wrestling company. Like it runs at a loss so that they can still have a wrestling company. Um, whereas Raw and SmackDown are corporate and they have to be like, not even their sports entertainment. They're beyond sports entertainment at this point. They're corporate, you know, SmackDown, it happens to work. The thing with raw and this is, it's unfortunate for them. Once they went to three hours, they can't go back. And being three hours is what's destroying the show because they can't book the extra hour. They have no idea how to do it. 
They've never had any idea how to do it. They've admitted this. This isn't conjecture. Like Hunter has said, yeah. booking the third hour of Raw is the hardest shit we do. Blah 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 blah. So like, didn't he say? Didn't he say at one yes, point that he if has he, said if it. he could, he would take away the third hour, but he can't. Yes, I think he said yes. that exact thing. Yeah. Yes, like that. It is not conjecture at this point. Like it is straight up. They went to three hours because USA asked them to go to three hours because they're the highest rated show USA had. And they couldn't say no to that because it's so much extra fucking money. But now they're at a point where it's just like, that means they have to put out a shitty product. So Raw has really poor creative a lot of the time. SmackDown is good right now, but as much as I'm a SmackDown mark, I'm a longtime SmackDown mark. I've always been a SmackDown mark. Going back to my days as a young kid, loving the O2 SmackDown. So, like, I'm a mark for the show. But if you're a mark for SmackDown, you know this about SmackDown. SmackDown will be way, way up for quite a while. And then SmackDown go hit that valley. And when SmackDown hits the valley, it can get real, real hard to watch, too. It's true. It's true. SmackDown actually was kind of their NXT a little bit where when it was on UPN for sure right well and I mean they let and they like Smackdown just kind of do their own thing and I think to even to a degree to this day that's kind of why Smackdown has been better is until the Fox deal there was less pressure on Smackdown to do anything which is so then once the Fox you know when the the, everyone talks about how it's literally the same people writing both shows at this point producing both shows at this point it's just that stupid third hour I think I think what it is to be honest. And I mean, I've, I've talked about this metaphor before, but it's, it's like I cover baseball games. And at one point when I used to write for a smaller independent website, uh, I used to be able to put whatever spin I wanted on it. My editor didn't care. He didn't care what funny uh, kind of narrative I wanted to put on the game, or he didn't care what kind of metaphors or jokes I wanted to use. He, he whatever, as long as all the, you know, commas and fucking everything was spelled right. He was fine with it. When I work for the website I work for now, they basically said like, Hey, you know what? Your articles are great. Super funny. Can you tone it down a bit? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, we don't need you to go as hard in the paint with your jokes and whatnot. Like facts, who, what, where, when, what score, who won stats, quotes. That's it. We don't need your jokes about star Wars night or Daniel pewter or whatever you want to put in. We don't want any of those jokes that you want to put in there. So like, for me, as a writer, it's not satisfying. But guess what? It's way easier. It's way easier for me to write an article where it's just like, they won. This was the score. This guy went three for five. This guy hit two home runs. The pitcher, here's their line. Like the boring stuff, right? To me, it's a boring article. It's drab. It's exactly what they want, though, right? So I think about it with WWE. I think about it with the talent. We always blame them when they used to be this amazing athlete, like someone like Ricochet or whatever. And now they're just kind of doing can moves and on main event against Ali or, or whatever. That was a good match. I'm not going to knock them. I'm just saying like the reason why is because that's what the company asks of them. And so they're like, Oh, well I don't have to risk my health as much and I don't have to do as much. Oh, okay. And I'm going to get paid all of this money compared to what I used to get paid. Okay. Same thing with writers. They just have a show to go on every night. They don't care. They don't care about using each episode as something to like, let's rock the world with this week's episode. They're like, nah, eh, Seamus versus Humberto. Yeah, well, let's I, do that again. You know. Well, and I think the circumstances have kind of fed into, I think you were right in the sense that, you know, for forever, SmackDown was seen as the B show. It's the other yeah. show. So there was less pressure and they could do whatever they wanted. Then conversely, they got the Fox deal, which made them the show. So now it's not even so much that they had pressure as much as they went from a show with no pressure, no expectations, nobody gave a shit, to here's all of the resources and yeah. all of the production value and all of the biggest stars that we have and all of those other things. Go what? Do a yeah. sheet. I think, I think Greg brought this up on, on the last show, but the, the, the time that Triple H taunted the audience you know, and, and just the difference in attitude towards the audience. I understand they were in character. I understand that they were trying to be authority figures. 
it never bothered me. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed when Triple H used to do the B plus stuff with Daniel Bryan and like turn it on the audience and be like, oh, we don't get what we want. Like one of my favorite lines from Vince one time was when he said that the audience was like children. And if you let them have what they want, they just eat candy all the time. Nothing but candy. And like Vince is kind of right. Like we are kind of like that. Right. So, but the, the so that's what was AEW does on right? Ju- AEW literally just feeds their AEW just feeds their kids candy all the time. Right, just candy all the time. You all get to stay up and be up until eleven o'clock at night. Uh, They're the we'll cool parents the who Friday. raise really horrible children. That's what AEW is. <laughs> right. Well, on June twenty first, two thousand and fourteen, Triple H gave that famous speech about the fans not getting what they wanted and taking their ball with their friend Mark and going home and all of that. And at that time, they were averaging four point four three million viewers. This most recent week brought in 1.64 million viewers. So I think the 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 thing about that is a lot of people act like people left because Triple H openly attacked it. But it's more that in that time frame since 2014, Raw has really gone downhill that much to warrant losing viewership that much, I feel like. And it's become um it unwatchable not in the sense that you can't watch it that's not what i mean when i say unwatchable i mean it's become unwatchable in the sense that like i don't ever have to watch raw to know what's going on to enjoy a pay-per-view so like i i don't have to watch a minute of raw to get that it's unwatchable in the same way i will say this that my children's my child's cartoons are right whereas i will watch them with her Yet my brain is so bored watching that particular show because it's just not good for it's not it's it's too young it's it, the story is stupid they're not making enough adult jokes like Pixar cartoons and stuff like that it's just a bad show for me and I don't like it so my brain can't pay attention to it I feel the same thing with Raw I sit down with Raw I try to watch it live like Patrick was talking about I try to not DVR it I feel like you get more into it when it's live and you're just kind of watching it. And I just find myself after five minutes getting up to go like clean dishes in the kitchen or something, not even intentionally, just, just being disinterested in it and, you know, moving along with my night. I think that's how it feels. I really do. I just, I don't feel interested in watching it. Nothing's as compelling as uh, like what we were talking about earlier with NXT. NXT always seems like they're doing something that's fun. If I miss two weeks of NXT, I have no idea what's going on versus what, like you said, Kyle, that you could pick it right back up with Raw and not miss a beat. So speaking of the issues that we have with Raw, Kyle, what is NXT to you exactly? I already said that. They're what they're WWE running a promotion. They're running an actual they're the actual wrestling company. They're allowed to run at a loss so that they can still run an actual wrestling Are company. Are they still running at a loss? Where they emphasize I think so. I think they're still running at a loss. Even with the TV deal. Because they make just as much money as AEW does, which is really kind of funny. No one wants to acknowledge the fact that... Yeah, but AEW is like running at a loss right now. Tony Khan just did an interview about that. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not even three years, so that's a business. I mean, that's how business works. Yeah. But but, but AEW is the greatest product in the history of ever, and we should all worship it and love it, and it doesn't matter that it's operating at a deficit. Shut up. It's better than anything you've ever seen ever, 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 ever. The bigger... Ever. The bigger revelation in that article wasn't even that they're running at a loss. The bigger revelation in that article is that part of the reason they're currently running at a loss is they've made an eight-figure investment in their console game. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. I mean, like, I I am here for investing in your console game. Like, I think that it is good to want to put out a quality product and to take that seriously. But an eight-figure investment in yeah. a console game, like, that requires some very serious profits. Well, it's because they're, again, it's because they're retrofitting the old Nintendo 64 uh, WCW NWO sold-out game. Yeah. It's, it's, because no, they book, the, it's because they book no for talent. It's yeah. because Kenny Omega loves video games. It's, it's because, and he's helping out with like, like again, it's the whole vanity issue that we've talked about before with AEW. It's why Kenny's walking around with all these belts and, and making them meaningless because this is, I mean, AEW is Shad Khan's son's toy. And it's, what's funny Shad is that, Khan's son's toy. Did you see what, in the same interview that, that Kyle's talking about? Tony Khan literally said, or Shad Khan literally said, I'm going to leave you a ton of money when I die. Why not blow some of it now? 
Like, that's literally right. what Shad Khan said about why he let Tony Khan start AEW. Shad He's Khan just like, we're said, sitting on some blood oil. Who cares? Right, right. But Shad right. Khan basically said, I know long run this is not going to work, but here, just just go. Just just stop bugging me and go. Like, whereas our parents would finally give in and give us $20 to go to the movies, Shad Khan finally gave in and gave Tony Khan $100 million. Because for him, $100 million is just like what 20 bucks was for our parents and said, here, fine, just start your wrestling company. Just stop bugging me about it. Like, that's literally what happened. Like, Tony Khan has an impressive resume a mile long of all these different hiring positions, and every single one of them was given to him by his dad. And look, I can't speak for the four of us, but I would say all four of us would probably have taken that. So I oh, for sure. really yeah, blame him. Tony Khan, even though I blame Tony Khan all the time. But yeah, it's 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 privilege is going to do what privilege is going to do. And that's exactly what Tony Khan does each and every single day. And it just annoys the fuck out of us. And I think it annoys us because of everything he does. Part of it also annoys us because it's not us. And and I'm willing to own that and admit that um, at least here on this program, I'll never probably admit it again. So um, man, that NXT topic turned into a whole lot of stuff. And I absolutely love that it did. Um, just just bonus topic on NXT because we're here and, and because, you know, A, I predicted that LA Knight would turn on Ted DiBiase. It just happened two days later than I said it would happen. And B, I predicted that William Regal would still be the general manager after tonight. Are we excited that Samoa Joe is back? Like, are you guys yes. excited? Yes. I'm... I'm excited to see Samoa Joe. I don't know if I'm excited that he's back, but I'm excited to see him. What's the, explain to me the difference? Um, so the difference is like, I'll use a different, let's take an actor that you really like. You know how sometimes I get it. you I get it, you, Kyle. You like seeing the actor because you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm totally here for anything that they're a part of. But you're the thing that you're watching them in. You're just like, but am I here for this? It's like when Will Ferrell was possibly going to replace Steve Carell on The Office. I hated it. I just hated it. I hated anybody. It didn't matter who it was. I was excited to see Will Ferrell, but I hated him in this role because I hated anybody that was trying to replace Michael Scott. On the office. And so I'm excited to see Samoa Joe. Not in WWE. No, it's not even just not in (laughs) WWE. It's just, I don't know what he's doing yet. Yeah. Is he, because like, I feel like him going back to WWE is an admission that he's not cleared to wrestle. Which is fine. But like, what role are they going to use him in? It might be an omission that he might not ever wrestle again, potentially. I mean, yeah. it might be one of those yeah. scenarios where NXT is a good fit because he can be an on-screen character and still make that kind of money and be a trainer. Can you imagine him passing his tutelage on to, like, you know, young people at NXT? I, I remember one time when they talked about Sami Zayn possibly being that, and I was like, well, you know, if he if he can't end up going any longer due to injury, at least Sami Zayn can – pass a little bit of his brilliance on to, you know, the, the next generation. Right. So I feel that way about Samoa Joe. I just, I don't know. I think that, uh, I kind of dig the character a little bit of being like an enforcer for William Regal. I like that he got physical immediately and we didn't have to wait to see it. There was a lot of cool things about it. I'm with you though. I I don't know what this role is really going to be. And I don't know what it means for the future. I feel like it immediately felt like he's going to end up being the replacement for William Regal as like an on-screen character. And I think a lot of people thought that was going to happen as early as tonight. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you though. There was part of me that really wanted to see Samoa Joe go somewhere else and flourish. The worry there that it was going to be AEW or something like that, you know? Well, then you go would back have to seen Ring him of go Honor. somewhere and flourish if he was in AEW. Because it's, it's too crowded. It's too crowded. It's just hard. It's it's ridiculous. I, I the whole thing about it has to be more that, like, I get they want to give everybody a home. I get that they want to try to find as much talent as possible. I get that they want to expand AEW probably into two shows, three shows, whatever they want to do. It just a lot of it doesn't make sense, and a lot of it is 
saturating it. You know, I, I know you guys all have your issues with it personally, but I kind of liked what it was early on. So my issues more with it are the fact that we got Christian coming in and Big Show and all of these guys. We got Sting. You know, I, I like Sting's role. You know, I, I I think that it's been a clever use of him. But, man, to pay Sting all this money just to walk out with Darby Allen seems kind of crazy because I imagine it's not cheap, you know. Yeah, I, I, paying just, for Sting. I, I don't know what they're doing it with all of those guys. They're getting the name Sting. So uh, shifting gears, yeah, I, sh- I should have asked this question originally, but I didn't because it came up before, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it now as well. Karrion Cross, because we talked about before that Karrion Cross seems so out of place in NXT. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong. But to me, they strapped the, the rocket to the guy, and they should have. They just launched him off the wrong pad like they should have launched that rocket on raw or smackdown he just doesn't seem to fit to me in nxt and nxt not only does he not fit but it's such a poor fit that it literally exposes every single one of it and everybody has weaknesses okay everybody has weaknesses except roman reigns everybody has weaknesses right and and i'm partially kidding but you know i acknowledge him but Karrion Cross is literally put in the one place that exposes his biggest weaknesses, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I think there's something to that. I think that, I mean, you look at In Your House this past weekend and just it's, it reminds me of Sesame Street when you'd have the three, you know, the four people doing different things and one of them's doing, you know, one of, three people are doing the same thing one person's doing something completely different it's it's one of these things is not like the other and it kind of goes back to what i was talking about when i was describing nxt and you were like what is nxt like it has a distinct style that it's made all its own kyle kyle hinted at it too that it's a it's it's the it's the wrestling branch of the wwe the operating at a lost indie that iwc fans like to watch and Karrion Cross isn't that wrestler. Like, he's just not that guy. And, yeah, it makes a lot of logical sense for Raw or SmackDown as, as, a, as a jumping off point. Like, I don't know that they necessarily needed to start him there unless they just felt that they wanted him to get a little more of his character underneath him before before he lit out. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely, to me, it's odd. It doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense just because it's not typically what you see on NXT. I am going to be honest. I've never understood the appeal. Even back to the like killer cross days. I've to me, he's always felt like somebody who it's just like, okay, so is this just because straight people think his wife is hot? Like, I, I've never, I've just never understood the appeal. Just a quick point on that. Christopher Platt made a brilliant point on Pot is War. The whole Carrion Cross gimmick has accomplished the unaccomplishable and made Scarlet Bordeaux not hot. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I'm, I'm the token gay in the room. So, like, I'll take y'all's word for it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's very hot, but it's definitely not. The kind of gimmick that's helping in any way I, I don't know I, I mean i'm with you guys I, I i don't like wrestlers like cross i i just don't i don't find them exciting i think of them as being the cliche old he-man looking dude that can't really go in the ring can do some suplexes lift someone over their head you know all that kind of stuff i just i don't care i don't i i, I think that greg's right i think if it was going to be exciting it would be way more exciting had he debuted on Raw. I don't feel like his method of wrestling needed to be refined for the WWE way. He wrestles exactly like the most boring WWE wrestlers. You know, I think he would have been an easy fit to just go onto the main roster. I'd probably feel completely different about him, especially if he came in and I don't know ransacked you know on Raw for the U.S. title immediately or something like that. Even if he went right after the the main championship. I I wouldn't care. I think at this point it would be fresh blood. It would be something new. It wouldn't have followed the, the blueprint that they've kind of set in place where everybody has to go to NXT first before they come to the main roster. 
I just I, I I can't add anything more to what you guys said because what you said was exactly the problem. He doesn't yeah, he, fit wrestling guys like them because not only does he look bad, but he makes them look bad. Nobody shines at the end of the day. Except Pete Dunn for some reason. Pete Dunn looked like a million. Well, bucks Pete Dunn. Him. Because Pete Dunn shines in literally every yes, circumstance, does. no matter what, because he's fucking amazing. Yeah, and like right. I just I feel Dude, like wow, they know man. what they have in him, but they don't at the same time. They don't know what to do with him. Well, because his talk. complexion isn't perfect and whatnot, yeah. you know, so they can't push him. He's perfect. He's gotta be a bad and just, guy. And he always looks pissed. Of course he does, because he's Pete Dunn. And the thing right. about Karrion Cross is that he needed the performance center. But he didn't need NXT, or we need a new version of NXT for guys like Karrion Cross before they go to the main roster. Um, it, it's so interesting to me because if you look back at his career on the biggest stage, in Impact or in, in Lucha Underground, excuse me, he barely ever wrestled. He didn't do much. Mm-hmm. Now maybe that would have changed if, if it you know continued on. Who knows? And even in Impact, he didn't do that much. Like he was always, I think he was these people, this guy that people brought in and then they were like, geez, what do we actually do with this guy? And, and WWE took it in a different direction, but I do think, yeah, he just doesn't fit the, the mold of NXT and what's there. They also, they've overexposed, like his entrance is super cool, but it shouldn't happen every single week. Like, cause now it's not super cool anymore. It's just too long. And, and it's just, it's just weird. And you're right, like what you said, Derek, like he is every cliche. But if you listen to his promos, they're every cliche. And and even TikTok is kind of cliche-ish in, in, in its own little way. It would work on, on the main roster, but it's just not where he is. And hopefully every time he defends his title, I'm picking him to lose so he can go to Raw or SmackDown because that's just where he belongs. And and that's, to me, that's not a knock on him. To say that he should be on a bigger stage making more money, to me, is not a knock. It's just a fit thing for me and where he fits. So we, we could go on this one for hours, but I want to be somewhat respectful of time. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Final topic of a roundtable that spans two different shows. The recent comments made by Triple H regarding women's wrestling in general. He talked about two major things. Number one was Evolution 2, basically that they're to the point now where they don't need it. And number two being that the best women's wrestling in the world is in WWE and the best women's wrestlers in the world want to be in WWE. And I'll go first this time um, just because that's the order that I picked. Because I, and maybe I'm in the minority, maybe I'm not. And that's why I wanted to go first too is so that I don't change how I feel or what I say about this. Because I agree with Triple H. I agree with him about Evolution too. Evolution did what it was supposed to do. But... But, but where they have risen the ele- you know the level of women's wrestling, women have now main evented WrestleMania not once but twice. Women have main evented multiple pay per views. Women you know, Alexa Bliss is now the the most far out there character that they've had for a woman in in company history. They've broken tons of barriers, and to me, if you give the women their own show. Then, then you're saying that they need, do, do they need their own show or are they just as big of an attraction as the men? And, and maybe what we need to be talking about is just more time for women on shows like Raw and SmackDown, especially Raw because it's three hours long, right? We need something to do with more three hours of Raw. Let's feature the women more and, and give them more to do. So to me, I don't think he's wrong. And I still agree on the average, unless you maybe take out a stardom or something like that. <laughs> WWE, especially if you factor in NXT, is still the best place for women's wrestling in the world of professional wrestling, in my opinion. So, yeah, Triple H can be kind of smug sometimes when he dismisses certain notions, but I, despite the smugness, I agree with the things that he's saying. Kyle, what do you think? I think as far as the whole the best women are in WWE thing, what the fuck else do you want him to say? He's the C he's like the CFO or some shit of the company. He's married to the bo- to the owner's daughter. Like what else do you want him to say? This is his company. Oh yeah. Our women are trash. Oh, the best women are 
the best women are elsewhere. Like, what do you want him to say? Of course he's going to say that. So, like, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, as far as the Evolution 2 part goes, like, I feel like you don't want to... I feel like if the goal was to not make the women a sideshow, then you don't want the women to be a sideshow. So continue to promote and elevate them within the main show. And like, that's, that is the whole point. That's accomplishing everything that evolution was doing. And then you don't have to worry about, cause see one of the other problems is it, whenever you do an all women show or an all any group show, if it doesn't get amazing numbers, people are instantly going to run and point to it and say, oh, see, see, this is proof that this doesn't draw. Nobody cares about this thing. Ooh, ooh, see, see. So, like, if you just incorporate them better into the main show, then you don't even have to, like, fight that battle. No, I definitely, yeah, I think you're, you're writing a lot of those points. Patrick, Triple H's comments. Yeah, I've, I'm with I'm with the two of you. I I agree wholeheartedly, Kyle. You're absolutely right. You're not gonna you're, you're not gonna run down your roster. <laughs> She's just not gonna do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I I'm not necessarily opposed to a, 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 another evol. I don't know if I would call it evolution two, but if they did an all women's pay per view, um, like fine but don't don't treat it as some like Kyle said don't treat it as a sideshow just it's a show um but yeah you look at where the WWE has kind of taken their women's divisions and the roles that they've played on various you know shows pay-per-views uh I still think they got a ways to go uh you mentioned raw in three hours like when it's a big deal that there are three women's matches on an episode of raw that tells you that there's still some real work to do and um it, it's just you can't deny the top of that talent you just can't deny the talent that they that they have like charlotte bailey oscar Sasha, just on down the line Na- like even naomi um you know you just keep kind of you go through that that group like how how does it compare they're they're bankable stars they're 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 over stars like i think if you know when crowds come back they're going to be a big deal they're going to be well received and they're they're going to pop huge and they're they're still going to be main eventing shows for from now on uh, i you know throughout the time and it's just it does to me, I feel like Triple H. Yeah, he's right. Like I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with him at all. All right, Derek, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think, I think the combination of yes, they've done a great job. Yes, they've um, elevated women's wrestling. I'm glad that they stopped patting themselves on the back for the history that they were making while they were in the middle right. of making it. I like the fact that they finally just started just letting women have big matches and not constantly talking about it. They did make history there for a while. They did advance what we knew as WWE women's wrestling, but they didn't advance women's wrestling. They just looked at what Japan was doing with Joshi wrestling and, and realized that there was a viable market for women as actual competitors versus just being their perceived sexual objects out there. Going back to AEW, I realized that just with some of the women that came out as valets, I was like, Oh, wow been a long time since i saw just a beautiful woman come out for the sake of being there with them you know we badmouthed what we said about cross but at least scarlet's kind of become something else besides just that right you know so they, they try to make women have characters and personalities and not utilize them the same way they did with that being said there's still 14 women on their main roster between raw and smackdown 14 and that includes champion champion and tag team champions and they're supposed to fill out two whole shows of a roster with 14 total women. I, I still think that there is work to do. I still think that, you know, uh, I, I'm glad they see it the way they see it. I'm glad that we're getting, you know, 
the like I, again that's the thing that makes me feel old you know on one hand you could criticize them because they haven't done it fast enough when they really should but they've they've come so far in 20 years that someone like me goes yeah you should have seen back in my day women were having like naked matches on tv with their boobies hanging out you know so like wwe now treats women completely differently and it's it it, again they're slow but kind of like what we were saying about some of their diversity issues with people of color they're at least making steps recently uh, in the direction of of making that better and and trying to you know be more inclusive i i just think that uh, their women are incredible and they've proven, they've proven they can main event. They've proven that people are just completely in love with them as, as pro wrestlers, just as much as they are the men. It's just a matter, I think of changing the casual fans opinion about wrestling, women's wrestling. I still think at the end of the day, those of us that have watched it for years are much different than the person who just kind of randomly turns it on when they're changing channels and I think they still believe that that person doesn't want to watch serious competitive women's wrestling. They put it in the same category as like the WNBA or something like that. In reality, there's a big fan for WNBA. There's a big fan for women's wrestling. There's a big fan for, you know, there's a thing for all of it. You should think of it more as trying to bring in fans of different things so that they come in maybe to watch the women's wrestling, but then they stick around to watch the rest of your show. I don't know. I have a 10 year old daughter and all she really wants to watch is the women. So I, I, I at least have one person in my house that absolutely loves it. it you make a great point. Evolution two is a band aid for the larger issues with how they book the women and, and the women that they have. And we're an instant gratification world right now. Evolution two gives us that instant gratification. A month later, we're back to complaining about it. What we need is a long-term focus to involve more women, to bring up more women and to utilize them better. And we just talked about it during the Babyface Yield podcast and this one. Raw is three hours and that's a problem. And they have a hard time figuring out what to do with three hours of Raw. To me, I think we have our answer. Like, even if you don't dedicate a whole hour, because it's whenever they've tried to make the third hour of Raw something for just the third hour, it doesn't work. But if we say, okay, we're going to spend a third of Raw on the women's division every week, and we're going to bring up women and utilize them better and do all of this. Creatively, I think that might help Raw too. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just think that that could possibly be our answer. What do you guys think? I like it. I just think that it needs to kind of be a focused, you know, a a focused division. And I think that there's a lot of things right now that they just randomly chaotically do with everything. Like, I'm not even going to say they just do it with the women. They do it with all their belts, all their champions, all their number one contenders. Uh, One of the things AEW does do right at times is at least outlining who's in position to be a number one contender and things like that. WWE could use a little bit more of that and, Again, that's something that could as well take up a little bit more airtime uh, of them talking about it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Not dedicating an entire block necessarily, mm-hmm. but just having a larger women's roster and having more of them compete on Raw, I, I think is a, it's, it's seems like a no brainer. Like I'm fairly certain there's no women's Hell in a Cell match this year at Hell in a Cell. To me, that's a problem. 2019. I don't think there should have been a men's war game match. I feel like they shoehorned the men's war game match and the women's war game match should have been the focus that year. So it's, it's a problem they have across both divisions. And, and I do think that, and part of me hopes WrestleMania stays two nights, a, because it's only then only three hours long and B because we can make sure that women main event WrestleMania every single year. But I just think it's, it's one of those, it's kind of like we talked about all the glaring problems that carrying cross has. That to me is a glaring problem for WWE. They just don't, put the focus on the women like they should. But Evolution 2, or having a weekly show for, for, for the women, is not the problem. Side note, because everybody talks about how great it is that the NWA is giving Mickey James the opportunity to produce her own women's wrestling show. Mickey James is not producing her own women's wrestling show in the NWA because they love women's wrestling so much. They have three on the roster. Four now with Kylie Ray. Mickey James is getting this opportunity in the NWA because Nick Aldis asked for it. Like, this is why she's getting this. Great. Hopefully it works out really well and it actually becomes something. And I hope it does. But we're congratulating them for the wrong thing. And and the reason why this happened is is 
not what everybody thinks it is. But um, great topics, great discussion over both of these shows. If you haven't listened to Babyface Seal podcast yet, please go and do so. Lots of great topics, great dis- discussion amongst everybody. And I want to thank you guys for doing this. this is not what we always do. Uh, something that different that that we do, and, and maybe we should do it more often. Um, again, we shouldn't do it every week, but I do think this is something that we can do more often across the Chair Shot Radio Network, and and, and maybe uh, collaborate a little more with, with Derek and the folks over at the Steel Cage as well. Real quick, um, as we go around, before we say goodbye to everybody, I kind of shared everybody's info at the end of the Babyface Seal podcast. I want each of you share the info you want to share, promote whatever you want to promote, or nothing. It's completely up to you. Derek, you're amazing at self-promotion, so you don't have to think about it. So I'll let you go first. Let everybody know what, when, where, how they can. Derek Montilla. I'm always on Twitter all the time. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Uh, You can get me on cap underscore caveman with a K. Uh, besides that, you can find me on the steelcage.com. We have a number of podcasts we do. I rate snacks over there. We talk about wrestling. It's a fun time. Uh, and you can also find me if you're interested in how terrible the Arizona Diamondbacks can possibly be. Uh, you can get me on arizonasports.com. There you go. And Derek, as always, this, this is part of the 10 year celebration. You've always been able to fill in and, and drop in at a moment's notice. So thank you for continuing to do that. I did, however, make sure the Diamondbacks were away before I asked you this time around, just because I know sometimes when it's a home game, it might be a little more difficult. So again, oh, I'm there all the time. I'm, they have me there all the time. They, they're terrible. Nobody wants to cover the team. So they're just like, Derek will go. Exactly. Uh, also, the Suns are very good. So everybody's interested in yeah, doing that or being involved with that. So Welcome yeah, to there's that. Kyle, thank you for, for, for doing this. My realization, bad on me, like I should have done this a long ass time ago. It's just we get comfortable in what we're doing. We had a meeting with everybody with Chair Shot Radio Network and, and PC Tunney brought Kyle on. And as soon as I was just like, why is Kyle not doing more? And so now Kyle is doing more. And, and like I said before, stepping up in a big Sucker. way to help out as, as good brother Rance is going to be gone for a little bit. Kyle, promote away. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can also find me at the Outsider's Edge. Um, don't follow my Twitter. My Twitter ain't shit. The interesting Twitter to follow from the Outsider's Edge is, of course, my good brother, Carl. You can find him on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. That's K-E-R-V-I-N for all of those good shit takes. Yeah, it's like his, his his inner dialogue sometimes is what's coming out on Twitter. It's really there was something I saw today where somebody tweeted something. He just quote tweeted it with "What the fuck is this?" and I just could not help but laugh and went back to read it again just because of how funny it, it was and it made me laugh. Oh so. yeah, shit posting twenty twenty one. That's my buddy, and he owns it hundred percent. Day one ish, Patrick O'Dowd. I'm gonna say it because you 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 hate to say it yourself. Go follow him at Wrestling Realist. That's W R E. S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. No I in wrestling, but there is one in realist. Patrick O'Dowd, take it away. You can catch me basically on Mondays now uh, on the Chair Shot Radio Network as I do Chair Shot Radio with David Ungar in, in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we have Bandwagon Nerds, which, Craig, record-setting short episode for for us, less than two hours. That's a big deal for nerds. I don't think it's the shortest ever, but it's probably top five short episodes. Probably it's right up three. there. I was. It's like what an hour. Uh, four I was, like yeah, it was like an hour and a half plus when Dave started adding his post production stuff. So, um, but it was a fun episode. We actually kind of got back to normal. Got to talk about um, uh, Loki because that just started playing on Disney Plus, uh, and then read me on the chairshot.com usually around thursdays uh we're getting back on track with the nerd review this week we did david or um not dave's pc tunney's favorite dc superhero howard the duck if you listen to our show you'd understand why that's wrong oh pc 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 Follow all things Chairshot Radio at Chairshot Media and the chairshot.com like subscribe leave that five star review iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeart, Spotify, so many more. Or just listen at thechairshot.com. You've heard the commercials. You know what it's about. Thechairshot.com.
always use your head. Follow me at Chairshot Greg, of course. Doing all this background stuff at the Chairshot, I've literally tried to start writing more and have been able to put out some weekly stuff here on the Chairshot as time allows and and, um, and, and want to continue doing that. So it's been like three in the past calendar week. Uh, so I'm very excited about that and want to continue doing that. So head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot support everything that we got going on there or, or just share just share the product that we have tell somebody about it word of mouth is still the strongest thing there is so be a part of that we do appreciate it and can't thank you guys enough for everything you do for us gentlemen thank you for being a part of all this it's been a lot of fun and uh definitely want to want again do this on a rotational basis in the future because it is appreciated and you know because we're at the 10 year mark patrick o'dowd i think there's only one appropriate way to end the show these other two guys may not even know why, but you know what? It doesn't matter. We should end the show pantless. It's time to get off. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Take the fish.